Hey, what's up, folks? And thanks for listening to the Aaron J. Dodson podcast. This is the podcast where I discuss the sacred text of God's Word, and I do my best to help myself and others understand it so that we might keep God's law and we might observe it with our whole hearts. Psalm 119, verse 34. This podcast is brought to you by the Washington Avenue Church of Christ in Jonesboro, Arkansas, and is a work of the Washington Avenue Church of Christ, of which I am a member and am blessed to serve here as an evangelist. This is a continued episode of a series, a continued theme, I should say, a continued themed series of the book of Revelation, introduction to the book of Revelation. And in this episode, I want us to consider together uh, some specifics of the historical background of the book of Revelation. I don't mean the details of the first century, though there will be an episode on that. I'm talking about the many years before historical background of the book of Revelation, particularly the book of Daniel. In the first episode where I discussed the language of the book of Revelation, and if you missed that, I'll encourage you to go back and listen to that. But in that first episode about the language of the book, I said that the text of Revelation is filled with allusions to the Old Testament prophets. And John makes the same points that Isaiah, Daniel, Ezekiel, and Zechariah, and some of the others did. John has a different identity in view, but he makes the same points about his own day. And we should read the book of Revelation that way. John speaks of deliverance from the oppressor and judgment upon him in the same ways that the prophets told Israel of deliverance from and judgment upon nations in their time, Babylon, Assyria, and others. So it is not coincidence that the oppressor in Revelation wears the names of Egypt, Sodom, and Babylon. You see, John is informing his first century readers of his Old Testament thematic allusions. He is reusing the same figures. Some have called that recycling the same figures to make the same point for an oppressor of his time. So it's a different oppressor in John's day than in the prophets of the Old Testament. But nonetheless, again, the text of Revelation is filled with allusions to the Old Testament prophets. And not just allusions, but also, I contend strongly, we see fulfillments spoken of in the book of Revelation that were spoken originally in the book of Daniel. I'm going to say some things repetitively in uh, episodes to come about the book of Revelation, but I, I don't want to apologize for doing that. I just I want you to know that I'm aware that I'm doing that. And the first of these things about the historical background, including the book of Revelation, is that it is absolutely necessary to read the book of Revelation with first century eyes. What our great challenge is in our day is to read the book of Revelation with 21st century eyes. And that does great harm to the text. We must, we must, we must, we must read it with 1st century eyes because that's when it was written. And I'll talk about that again in another episode. 
but any attempt to remove the meaning of the book of Revelation from the first century and apply it to the future is a serious and a disastrous mistake. And again, I'll talk about that in episodes to come. So what will help us understand the book of Revelation? I think one of the great things that will help us in understanding it that has been very profitable to me is to go back to the Old Testament books that speak of things that would happen in time to come. First century, that is. The great prophet Daniel provides us with prophetic utterances which I believe are fulfilled in the book of Revelation. And I'm not the only one. And whether or not I'm the only one is irrelevant as to its accuracy or its truthfulness. But the prophet Daniel, he provides us with prophecies that are fulfilled in the book of Revelation. And when you compare Daniel and Revelation, I think a person who wants to understand the book in its, the book of Revelation in its context can see that. Because God wrote it that way. And God intended for us to come to that conclusion. The true meaning of Revelation is apparent. It's evident. It's clear when the book of Daniel and history are read together. Daniel prophesied concerning events to come. If you're able, join me in the book of Daniel chapter 2. I'm going to encourage you as you listen to this, and when you're done listening to this, to go back with your Bible open and read Daniel chapter 2 and chapter 7 and even replay this episode and listen to verses that I point out in these chapters and the comments that I make on them. And you can study those chapters and see if the things that I have said are contextual, contextually accurate and true. Daniel chapter 2 Daniel prophesied concerning the coming of four great empires and the kingdom of Christ, a.k.a. the church. Daniel chapter 2, verses 31 to 44. For time's sake, I'll be reading these passages without reading the ones before them, but on your own, you need to read them. Nebuchadnezzar's dream is recorded, and then God reveals the meaning of the dream. And then Daniel explains, he not only reveals the dream, but then he reveals by Daniel or through Daniel explaining the meaning of the dream. Let's listen as I read aloud. <laughs> Excuse me. And if you're able, follow along Daniel chapter 2, verses 31 to 44. Daniel said to Nebuchadnezzar, You, O king, were watching, and behold, a great image. This great image, whose splendor was excellent, stood before you, and its form was awesome. This image's head was of fine gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. You watched while a stone was cut out without hands, which struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them in pieces. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were crushed together and became like chaff from the summer threshing floors. The wind carried them away so that no trace of them was found, and the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. This is the dream. Now we will tell the interpretation of it before the king. You, O king, are a king of kings. 
For the God of heaven has given you a kingdom, power, strength, and glory. And wherever the children of men dwell, or the beasts of the field and the birds of the heaven, he has given them into your hand and has made you ruler over them all. You are this head of gold. So there Daniel was speaking of Babylon and Nebuchadnezzar. But after you, that would be after Nebuchadnezzar, shall arise another kingdom inferior to yours. That historically we know to be Medo-Persia combined together with this third, the second Medo, Meda, Media, the Medes, verse 39. And then another, a third kingdom of bronze, which shall rule over all the earth. That would have to be Greece. So let me clarify myself. I hope I didn't confuse myself. I don't think I did, but I may have confused my listeners. This first kingdom was Babylon. The second kingdom was Medo-Persia kingdom, the Medes and the Persians. And the Persians would outlast and then ultimately outrule, rule over the Medes. But the third kingdom was distinct from the second. The second was a combination of the Medes and the Persians. And you learn more about this in Daniel chapter 8. I, I, I direct my listeners to Daniel chapter 8 for more details on that. But then there he said there will be a third kingdom of bronze which shall rule over all the earth. We learn again from Daniel chapter 8 that this is Greece. And, verse 40, the fourth kingdom shall be as strong as iron. I contend, and many others do as well, this is Rome. Inasmuch as iron breaks in pieces and shatters everything, and like iron that crushes, that kingdom will break in piece pieces and crush all the others. Whereas you saw the feet and toes, partly of potter's clay and partly of iron, the kingdom shall be divided, yet the strength of the iron shall be in it, just as you saw the iron mixed with the ceramic clay. And as the toes of the feet were partly of iron and partly of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly fragile. As you saw iron mixed with, uh, let me get it here, <laughs> ceramic clay, they will mingle with the seed of men, but they will not adhere to one another, just as iron does not mix with clay. And in the days of these kings... And if you look historically, contextually, and biblically, again, we have Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, and then Rome. The days of these kings would be the Roman emperors, the Roman rulers. In the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. Well, that's the messianic phase of God's kingdom, a.k.a. the church of Christ. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. Inasmuch as you saw that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and it broke in pieces the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold, the great God has made known to the king what will come to pass after this. The interpretation is certain. Uh, the dream is certain, rather, and its interpretation is sure. So Daniel here is prophesying concerning the coming of four great empires. Babylon, number one. Number two, Medo-Persia. Number three, Greece. Number four, Rome. And the church, Daniel 2.44. Now, in another, in another vision that I probably will not have time to get into much, <clears throat> I certainly won't be able to cover, cover every verse, in Daniel chapter 7, in another vision, Daniel prophesied specific details concerning events to be fulfilled in the book of Revelation or 
to be fulfilled in the first century, at the end of the first century, that are written about in the Revelation letter. Daniel saw four beasts. Again, a lion, a bear, a leopard, <clears throat> and one more terrible than the other three. That's Daniel 7, 1 through 8. Listen. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, this is Daniel chapter 7, verse 1, which in the, in the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, that's 539 B.C., Daniel had a dream and visions on his head while on his bed. Then he wrote down the dream, telling the main facts. Daniel spoke, saying, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of heaven were stirring up the great sea. And four great beasts came up from the sea, each different from the other. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. I watched till its wings were plucked off, and it was lifted up from the earth and made to stand on two feet like a man, and a man's heart was given to it. And suddenly another beast a second like a bear. It was raised up on one side and had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth, and they said to and they said thus to it, Arise, devour much flesh. After this I looked, and there was another, a leopard, which had on its back four wings of a bird. The beast also had four heads, and dominion was given to it. After this in the night visions, and behold let me reread verse seven. After this I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, exceedingly strong. It had huge iron teeth. It was devouring, breaking in pieces, and trampling the residue with its feet. It was different from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. I was considering the horns, and there was another horn, a little one, coming up among them, before whom three of the first horns were plucked out by the roots, and there in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking pompous or great things, pompous words, great words. All right, listen. Daniel sees or saw four beasts, a lion, a bear, a leopard, and one more terrible than the other three. And then he reads about, then he prophesies rather about judgment to come. The four beasts represented the four kings or the four kingdoms that Nebuchadnezzar had seen earlier, Daniel chapter 2. The fourth of these kingdoms, Daniel says, would make war with the saints. Verses 9, Daniel 7, verses 9 through 14, is the judgment of the fourth fourth beast that is mentioned the fourth one that that was it was dreadful and terrible exceedingly strong okay verses 9 this is Daniel 7 verses 9 through 14 the judgment of the fourth beast was seen it would be judged I want to encourage you to read that I wish I had the time to read that but for the design of this podcast, I don't. Please read Daniel 7, 9 through 14. Read about the judgment of the fourth beast, Rome. The four beasts represent four kings or kingdoms, and that that fourth kingdom, Daniel said, would make war with the saints. That's Daniel 7, verse 15 to 22. But the saints would overcome that persecution. This would be a battle, little horn versus the saints. And the little horn mentioned in this context, Daniel 7 verse 8, is in the context of the fourth kingdom, Rome, Daniel 7 verse 7. I know that's a lot of details, but if you'll just follow the text and follow what I've said, if you need to go back and listen again, I'm sure that you'll, you'll follow. 
the fourth kingdom, Rome, would make war with the saints, but the saints would overcome it. That's Daniel 7, verses 15 through 22. And then the fourth beast, the kingdom, <coughs> Daniel said, would be in existence during the church age. Verse 23, Thus he said, The fourth beast shall be a fourth kingdom on earth, which shall be different from all other kingdoms, and shall devour the whole earth, trample it, and break it in pieces. The ten horns are ten kings. Who shall arise from this kingdom, and another shall rise after them. He shall be different from the first ones, and shall subdue three kings. He shall speak pompous words against the Most High, shall persecute the saints of the Most High, and shall intend to change times and law. Then the saints shall be given into his hand for a time and times and half a time. But the court shall be seated, and they shall take away his dominion to consume and destroy it forever. Then the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people, the saints of the Most High. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. So check this out. Here are the four kingdoms that Daniel saw. First, the, the one that he spoke of as being a lion. That's Babylon. From about 626 to 539 B.C. The second, a bear, which represented Medo-Persia the Medes and the Persians, from 539 to about 332 B.C. The third kingdom that he saw was the leopard, which represents Greece. Again, go back and read Daniel chapter 8 for that. I may discuss that in, in the future, which, which was a power, Greece was, from about 332 on till essentially Rome, and that broke up before the time of Rome. But it was, it was in power for, oh, about 10-something years there where it influenced the whole world, where, where Alexander the Great conquered the whole known world, and he was essentially bored, didn't have anything else to do. That was the leopard. And then the fourth kingdom was the terrible fourth beast, the terrible beast that he saw. That one represents Rome. And this uh, beast that he saw culminated in a little horn, which represents a ruler, no doubt, that spoke pompous or great things. And I contend that that little horn in the fourth kingdom of Rome was Domitian. And that lines up with the book of Revelation and with history. And we'll look at that more in time to come. So Daniel prophesied that the church would be established and the saints, the Christians, would be persecuted during the Roman kingdom. And so one of the telling facts that Daniel is prophesying is that, is that these things will be fulfilled in the first century during the time of the Roman kingdom in the order of the kingdoms listed. And the fourth was the Roman beast, as we might call it. As Daniel looked down in time, he listed the lion, the bear, the leopard, and the terrible one that would persecute the saints. Now, when you open the book of Revelation, chapter 13, verses 1 and 2, the figures that John uses are in the reverse order of the figures 
that Daniel used, but the figures are drawn from Daniel. And that's why I'm saying that to understand Revelation, we need to and we must study the book of Daniel. It's going to be a huge help in understanding and appreciating what's going on in the book of Revelation. Otherwise, you're, 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 you're skipping over, you're leaving out critical information that the prophets had already spoken of that pertain to John and the oppressor of John's time. Now, Daniel, in Daniel uh, chapter 7, he uses the figures of horns, and John in the Revelation uses heads. But notice how John looks, Revelation 13, 1 and 2. He looks back in time and he lists them, these, these um, horns or heads as he calls them, in exactly the reverse order. I'll be reading Revelation 13, <clears throat> verses 1 and 2. Then I stood on the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rising up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and on his ten horns, excuse me, having seven heads and ten horns, and on his horns ten crowns, and on his heads a blasphemous name. Now the beast which I saw was like a leopard. His feet were like the feet of a bear, and his mouth was the mouth of a lion. It's interesting. John gives detailed information concerning the beast and the kingdom and the persecutor in chapter 17, Revelation 17. And we're going to look at that, we'll probably look at that in another episode, how there's not one passage in Daniel 7 that refers or relates to AD 70 and the destruction of Jerusalem. Instead, Daniel 7 is speaking of the four kingdoms and the fourth kingdom was Rome. Rome was the ruling kingdom in the time of John with the power and the one who is persecuting the saints in John's day. So look, consider that as a timeline, if you will. The, the nation that is persecuting the church in the book of Revelation was ruling the earth at that time, supported by our own army, was waging war on the saints. And that nation was the leader in commerce and would ultimately be destroyed by our own power. There's only one nation that identifies with those truths, and that's the nation of Rome. And what the book of Revelation says to the Christians in the first century is that relief is coming quickly, shortly. Revelation 1, 1 and 3, Revelation 10, 6, Revelation 22, 6 and 10. Not not a thousand years later or two thousand years later or three thousand years later no 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 so again i'm going to encourage you to appreciate a study of revelation is to go back and look at the timeline and the details of the kingdoms that daniel had that daniel had foretold again brief review Daniel spoke of the fourth beast, Daniel 2, Daniel 7. The fourth beast in Daniel 2 and Daniel 7 is the Roman power. Study the book of Daniel closely to come to that conclusion. I'm not going to do a study of Daniel right now, but I'm, I'm, I'm telling you this is going to help you in your study of the book of Revelation.
Daniel's image is John's image in Revelation. The descriptions of the oppressor in Revelation 17 and 18 fit Rome, not another nation, not another city. And you know, it would be surprising to hear nothing further about the Roman persecution when Daniel chapter 2 and Daniel chapter 7 are plainly about Rome and its power, persecuting power, we would say. Rome was a major threat in the late 1st century A.D. To not hear anything about the vindication of God's kingdom during that time over that oppressor, that would be peculiar. That would be surprising. Well, we do hear something about it. Revelation. Rome is the villain and affected Asia Minor. And so the letter was sent to the seven churches of Asia Minor. And we'll continue to study that theme in time to come, those same ideas. There will be some ideas that are repeated, as I stated at the beginning. But I wanted to give you some things to think about how the book of Daniel ties in with the book of Revelation. Again, think time frame. Think about what Daniel was looking at. He was looking down the corridors of time. He was inspired by God to see four kingdoms. A lion, a bear, a leopard, and a fourth one more terrible than the other three. And those four beasts represent four kingdoms. And the fourth one would make war with the saints. But the saints would overcome that persecution. That's Daniel chapter 7, verses 15 through 22. That fourth kingdom, the fourth beast, would be in existence in the church age. Read Daniel 7, verses 23 through 28. And that's exactly what John is is is. That's what John is speaking of, the fourth kingdom, and how the church would, would, would be persecuted so in, intensely. The fourth kingdom would make war with the saints. And you just, you just see that all throughout the book of Revelation. So, so Daniel and Revelation, I hope, I hope I've either, I hope I've convinced you that, you that you need to study Daniel either before Revelation or with Revelation. My, my opinion before would be even better than with, but with it is much better than nothing. I hope I've convinced you of that, but even if I haven't, I hope, and I've, I hope I've opened a door uh, of curiosity in your mind where you will study this more and you will uh, come to see some of these same things and appreciate the historical, the Old Testament historical background that is contained in prophecies in the book of Daniel regarding these kingdoms, and particularly the fourth kingdom, which manifested itself in the first century and persecuted the people of God when the book of Revelation was written. And it ties in with Rome. It's Rome. Rome was persecuting the church. And again, we'll look at some of those things in more detail in future episodes to come. I hope this has been helpful to you. If it has, would you do me a favor? Would you click like on whatever format you're listening to this? Would you please click share or send it in a message to a friend? Would you do that favor for me and put this material before other people? You know, Revelation is so often misused and misunderstood. It's absolutely necessary to read the book with first century eyes to attempt to remove the meaning of the book from the first century to apply it to the future is a serious mistake. 
it would mean nothing to the people who originally received it, who were being persecuted like no other generation before them. It was written in the first century, Revelation was. And Daniel is the Old Testament book background. The prophecies that are found in Daniel that are fulfilled, at least the fourth kingdom, and then the one little horn in the fourth kingdom is fulfilled and found, I should say, found, identified, and the things said of fulfilled in time and in history and in actuality and recorded in the book of Revelation. That might be as clear as mud. And if it is, you're welcome to shoot me a message on Facebook, and I'll try to reword it in a different way. Uh, You're welcome to find me online and shoot me a message, okay? But if it helped you, like I said, would you do me a favor, click like, share it, help me out there. Thank you for listening, and please consider the book of Daniel, especially chapters 2 and 7, before and during your study of the book of Revelation. God bless, and I look forward to studying with you more in the book of Revelation in time to come. God bless, and I will catch you next time.